Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. With over 40 million high-quality stock images, Shutterstock helps you take your creative projects to the next level. New accounts will receive 20% off any image subscription. Go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP914. This week on TWIP. Sony brings email lenses to smartphones, a photographer captures reactions of subjects being hit with a stun gun, and Instagram rolls out a new app called Hyperlapse, plus some big changes coming to iStock Photo. It's Monday, September 8th, 2014, and this is And welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to discuss some of the cool things going on in the world of photography and more are Miss Sarah France and Mr. Silarina, the two S's. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> hey, this is going to be a really good show. There's some, some interesting things happening in the world of software and hardware and photography. But before we dive into that, I want to thank our first sponsor for this episode, and that's our friends over at Squarespace.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And remember, the new Squarespace metric app for iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And with the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts, and monitor comments on the go. You can start a free trial. You don't need a credit card. You can start building your website today. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure to use the offer code TWIP, that's T-W-I-P, to get a full 10% off and to show your support for this week in photo. And we'd like to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace is everything you need to create an exceptional website. Okay, First story this week to talk about is Sony. Sony's in the news again. Sony has been bringing it all year and part of last year with these new cameras, the A7, the A7S, the A7R, and the QX, which, you know, admittedly not a whole lot of people liked because it was a, it's a camera that attaches to your smartphone. Good proof of concept. But everyone was saying, you know, why not just, like, switch it and let normal lenses connect to your smartphone Sony listened, and now we have the QX1 and the QX30. So, quote from Sony, just like previous models, the smartphone becomes the LCD screen and the UI that controls the hardware packed inside of these two cameras. In the case of the QX1, which is 400 bucks, the big boy of the bunch, the hardware includes a 20.1 meg... You have to put that point one on there. The 20.1 megapixel APS-C sensor, a Bion's X processor... I have to figure out what that is. And then a pop-up flash on this thing, which the, the old one didn't have any of that. And to sweeten the pot, the QX1 can now... Wait for it. Shoot raw. 
very interesting. The 30, the QX30 is $50 cheaper at 350 and it trades image quality for sheer reach. So it's got a better zoom on it. So it's got a 20.4 megapixel um, sensor on it and the zoom is 30x. It's a 25 to 750 millimeter equivalent f3563 lens. So basically I Sarah's down in San Diego so I could do a portrait from of her from up here. In northern, <laughs> northern California. Plus, they've got uh, so with Sony's optical steady shot technology, you can extend the reach to 60x digitally. So, Sarah, ladies first. Wow. Looking at this, I know what you're gonna say because I know you, and I know you're a professional, highfalutin wedding photographer extraordinaire. Are you gonna show up at a wedding with a, one of these QX cameras in the future? Could it happen? Possibly. Maybe for behind-the-scenes Instagram photos? Like behind-the-scenes where nobody can see you. So <laughs> behind-the-scene, S-E-E-N. <laughs> if anyone sees me with my with an iPhone or you know fo- smartphone out in general, I I think they're already like shocked. I don't even really use my timeline on my iPhone just because people think you're texting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Plus, yeah. we're always giving them them such a hard time for putting away their phones and enjoying the moment as well. Right, right. Unfortunately, I won't be taking this to a, a wedding, but I do think it's pretty interesting for other uses. I mean, I actually played a little bit with the first, with the, um, was it the XQ model, that first one? The QX, yeah. QX, sorry. Mm-hmm. A little dyslexic, don't tell anyone. It's all right. Um, <laughs> And it was really interesting. I think the most fascinating thing about these lenses, for me at least, is that like you attach them to the camera or to the phone, and so you think that it needs to be attached to the phone. But the coolest thing about them is they don't. Right. So you can actually have somebody over like watching what you're shooting, and you can be you can have the lens and just I mean really. It was kind of strange because I was in a Starbucks when I was playing with it, and I was like, I'm just going to wander over here, hold this lens, and whoever's got the phone actually can, you know, shoot or um, and and really see what it is that I'm looking at. It was right. really, really a fascinating, you know, it's process. Cool. I mean, especially from a still photographer, you're used to having the lens and the technology all together, so you're not used to having it separated like that. When I so I have when I was playing with the QX, one of the cool things that I noticed is you don't even have to have the phone with this thing, right? Because it has an SD card in it. Yeah. You leave your phone in your pocket off. It has a button on it. It has a shutter release button on it. Granted, you can't see what you're shooting, but that's part of the fun, right? So right? you can turn I it mean, on and walk around and just click shutter pictures all over the place blind, essentially, and then look at them later and see what you captured. So I know. I, I really found it very fascinating. People don't feel like you're holding a camera because it looks like a lens because yeah. that's really what it's built to look like. So And because there's no viewfinder or anything like that, like it's really kind of... I don't know. I think there's some fascinating things that you could use it for. And um, some, some nefarious things, as I, I'm, I'm imagining the perverts that are getting on the trains in Japan, right. you know, <laughs> doing things they shouldn't be doing with these cameras. That's why these cameras make sounds, right? You can't turn off the sound of this camera. When you take a photo, it makes a sound no matter what. So at least people within sort of earshot know that you're taking photos. So Otherwise, it's completely stealthy. Right, because yeah. it's, it's essentially just a mirrorless camera. Silarina, what about you? You're looking at this thing. 
you are an educator at heart and during the day, apparently. So when you see this camera, does this represent something that you might use with your uh, with your students? Uh-oh. Syl is frozen in time. <laughs> Yeah, Sil's I just thought he was thinking. I thought he was really just contemplating that question. Phil's face is frozen in like a <laughs> contemplative sort of expression right there. So I don't know if he's still here or not. I don't know. But sure enough, while while we try to get Sil back, we'll uh, we'll yeah. continue with you. So bottom line on this camera, is this something that you would buy or not buy? I think it's such an uh, it's such a new concept, and um, from what I understand, it only connects with their phone, right? No, it'll connect with anything. Any phone. Any oh. phone. Yeah, I connected to my iPhone. I connected it to my uh, Android phone. I connected it to a tablet. You yeah. can go wherever you want, as long as it has, as long as whatever you're connecting it to can run the Sony Play Memories software and has Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, I think. Is it? No, it's Wi-Fi. So it'll okay. it'll NFC connect, meaning you can do the initial handshake pairing with the device yeah. through NFC, and then it'll then switch over to Wi-Fi. So as far as your Wi-Fi, because the camera or the lens camera, whatever, right. essentially broadcasts a little Wi-Fi bubble around it. So okay. as long as you're within that bubble, from the phone or from the camera, you can take photos. So. so it doesn't have to be connected to a Wi-Fi. It just has to be within a certain range to the lens. Yeah, it's just using Wi-Fi as a technology. The, the, the lens itself is making its little tiny Wi-Fi network, which, oh, is, you know, which is admittedly not that strong. So if you move more than, say, 10 or 15 feet away from it, then it'll drop. But as long as you're in that little bubble, you can take photos. Well, honestly, I'm like super intrigued. I think it's a really interesting like idea, and I think it could be really fun to use in a bunch of different ways. So I'm always looking for good like point and shoot options. I think yeah. the real defining factor for me would be how well that pop up flash works. Right. Yeah. Always. You know. Yeah. Well, you and these these cameras, you always got to get your hands on, especially these these new concept type cameras. You can't yeah. really. You can read about them all day long and look at videos on YouTube, but until you get it in your hands and try to take yeah. photos with it, you don't get the nuances and the idiosyncrasies of it. Well, and it's still pretty big. I mean, yeah. it's still a decent size. It's like a decent sized lens. The last version I saw was probably like, I don't, I would say similar to between like a 50 macro and more like a 51.4 size. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's. I'm also thinking about portability is also a really, really um, important thing to me. But between the two, I mean, obviously I always choose like a better sensor, better image than having a crazy huge zoom. So right, right. I definitely go with the QX1. Yeah, you're the you're the pro of the bunch. So then Silarina looking at this, you're back now. Thank you. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't know what happened. You, Sil, you had froze on a really <laughs> contemplative kind of look there. You were, we didn't even know if you were there or not. We just thought you were just <laughs> like just, thinking I don't know. about something. I don't know. It all just kind of locked. I think my dogs up there Jimmy in with a cable box again. <laughs> Your dogs <laughs> downloading dog videos. Or something. Yeah, she loves dog videos. Um <laughs> So what do you think about this thing? You know, is this something I'd you'd love, use? I, you know, I, I would love to play with it if you like came by the house and brought yours. Um, I, I'm not intrigued enough to go out and spend 400 bucks on it. But here's what I love. I love the fact that it continues to push the envelope in terms of how we define what a camera does yeah. and what a camera yeah. looks like. And honestly, um, you know, as long as, as long as there's great ideas coming out there, 
in the long run, we all win, whether I shoot this camera or not. Now, I have to say, I love the idea. I didn't realize until I was listening to Sarah talk that, like, you can detach the phone and just walk around with this lens. And, yeah. You know, I, it, yeah, as an educator, I love that, that idea. It's like getting, well, one, getting kids to let go of their iPhones anyway is like a miracle. Right. And, you know, to get, to get them... Um, off the back of the camera, out, get their eye out of the viewfinder, and just, you know, try to go do some really creative. So I could see some uses that way. Yeah. It's kind of like taping off the back of a camera and saying, "Go out and shoot 100 rolls or 100 shots right now." I know, I know. Which, which is like horror for a lot of people, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't chimp. I can't do the macaque at the back of my camera every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, but yeah, we were like we were talking when you were reconnecting. Um, these these lenses basically project a bubble of Wi-Fi around them. So as long as you're connect, as long as you're in that sphere of influence, right. you can take photos with them, or you can not do that at all and just walk around with it blind and click the shutter button. They have a little shutter button on them. Right. You can click the button and take photos. And of course, you're not going to know what you got until you get home or back to a computer. But at least you took some photos. Right. right? Now, does does the phone app itself allow you to control? the camera manually can you change up aperture and shutter yeah. and ISO yeah you sure can yeah, yeah. so if you, if I could like run that off of a tablet you can you know, and have students wrapped around me watching and saying okay let's look at it at f28 and let's look at it at f16 you can do that yeah, that, do that. yeah now all of a sudden that becomes a pretty cool teaching tool Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Sony, go ahead and send me one. I'll I'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, but Sony, Sony's pretty smart I'm with like this. Come down to San Diego. We'll just walk yeah. right in and. Oh, perfect. <laughs> they have a drive thing called mail, right? We could just they could just ship it to you and. Oh just, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, boy. and you're right. Yeah, Sony's. Yeah, Sarah, Sony is in San Diego, right? Yeah, it's just down the street. Yeah, perfect. just walk up, walk into the lobby. Tell them I sent you, and go. Grab okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. And you know, I gotta give Sony, you know, credit for pushing all this stuff forward. Always, yeah. you know. I mean, we've we've reported on them going through their crazy financial stuff and restructuring and all that stuff. But it's it's like magic. Regardless of all the drama that's going in, going on inside the house, they still keep putting out this cool, amazing stuff. You know, yeah, that's yeah. like making all the other manufacturers look bad. So. Kudos to Sony for keeping your eye on the ball, no matter what kind of drama you're dealing with at home. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Totally. And uh, yeah, Sarah, again, just head over to head over to Sony and pick that up. No problem. That. I will. <laughs> All right. Here's another story. A photographer captured reaction. The title is "Photographer Captures Reactions of Subjects Being Hit with a Stun Gun." So. <laughs> Let me read this to you. For most portrait photographers, part of the job involves making subjects comfortable in front of the lens. F-stoppers Patrick Hall had a different idea for a photo shoot. What would the results look like if you made your subjects as uncomfortable as possible? I know Sil's getting excited about this. I got so, one here ready to go. So to pull this off, he photographed a variety of subjects as they were being tasered by a stun gun by their friends and recorded their reactions with stills and slow motion video. The shoot produced some interesting expressions and generated a wide range of opinions. Some feel the shoot was epic while others think Hall took things too far. Now, photographer Jill Greenberg, if you remember from that series of awesome um, monkey shots she did a while back, as well as a bunch of other crazy projects that she does, she received uh, like similar feedback when she did her series of portraits of children as she gave candy and then proceeded to take the candy away <laughs> to get them to cry, and then she snapped the photo. 
Sill, you deal with kids every day. Is, I, are you getting inspired by this? Are we going to see some tasering, electrified tasering of kids? children? There we go. Just combine the two together. ideas. Blend it together. Taser children in Silarina's class. Come on. Man, there, there's enough rules about what to do with other people's kids. Exactly. Um, yeah, for the record, Sil, don't ever do that. No. Don't ever do that. Um, so, look, I think there's a strong I, – I looked at this with great um, interest and, and great amusement. First off, let me say I think there's a huge difference between what Hall did and um, what Jill did. You know, the kids didn't really have a choice because they yeah. were little kids. And mommy or daddy put them there. And you know, then yeah, these kids took the they took the candy away, and that kid, you know, felt distress, and that's what those beautifully lit. I mean, the lighting was, of course, incredible, right. um, but that's what those photographs really captured was that moment of distress. And the the exception that I take, being a dad of three kids who are now all taller than I am, of course, is that I don't think you really do that to children. Now, in this case, with Hall's work. Um, if you look at the behind-the-scenes video, which is totally worth watching, yeah. it looks like they mm -hmm. did the shoot in a gallery yeah. um, with an audience. I mean, there's like 20 people sitting around drinking, and there's nobody, you know, so I'm assuming everybody who did this was a volunteer. Um, secondly, when I first read the story, I thought when they said taser that they were talking like the police model takedown to where you're totally immobilized. Oh, the and, one that actually like goes into your skin? Yeah, yeah, not that one. yeah, yeah. And I, I know Taser's now a brand, you know, kind of like yeah. Kleenex and Coke, but um, this is the kind where you just put it up to the contact and you, you know, you shock somebody. I don't doubt that it really um, shocks, but... Um, well, I don't know. They said 300,000 volts of electricity. Yeah, it's not the volts. It's the amps that really matter. Okay. So, well, oh. Volts, you know, amps, I don't want any of yeah. it in my body. I'm just... So, <laughs> you know, amps are what make it fatal. But um, so anyway, I just I look at it with amusement. I think, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say I think there's sensationalism here. Mm -hmm. But in today's world, sometimes you got to be sensational to get attention, and there's a whole lot of attention being paid to this shoot right now. It doesn't hurt that that all the people in the photos, including the women, were topless either. I don't and, think so. You look at behind the scenes, at least as far as I got. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any of that. So it looks yeah. like they are. But well, uh, they cropped it. It's cropped. So yeah, it's I mean, it's really uniformity across the series, it, but yeah. yeah. I, I think so, it, I mean uh, it's interesting. I don't know, Sarah. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see these electrified taser photos at your next wedding? Is that possible? <laughs> Maybe. That <laughs> looks so like so with much. With this fun. ring, with this ring, I the. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to think of a new fun way to do photo booths, so maybe that's the way to go. You know, you <laughs> taser photo booths. So you have two options: we can either taser you, or you can put on this funny hat, which is yeah. Okay. I mean, you it could be I mean? a new way, a new way of uh, reimagining trash the dress, right? Come on, put some <laughs> Electricity no. in that pool. Just no. trash the bride. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought it was so fun. And I actually watched the whole behind the scenes and um, not to ruin it for you guys, but the women had like either tube tops off or on or they just had like their straps pulled down. But yeah. I love the look of it. It does really give that like not distracted by well, not distracted and intrigued at the same time kind of feel. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um and they did actually shoot it basically. He said he had a hard time finding a venue that would let him come in. So um, when they found a venue finally and went through the attorneys and the whole jazz, they actually wrote up something so that everybody could sign it. So um, everybody completely was consensual. If they had done this to children, it would be a different that story. Be but or or animals. Course, 
Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. But these were consenting adults who were, and he said there were people who wanted to come, keep coming back and doing it throughout the night. So he had like mul- people who were who had gone the sadist crowd two or more. three times. Yeah, and and there's also a, a, in the behind the scenes if you get if you get a chance to take a look at it. There's um, reactions of the people in the extended version, I guess it is, of the people who are tasering their friends. So it's yeah. like them tasering their friends and the reactions they were getting from that as well. Kids so really, I love when people just do something different and unusual and creative and fun. And I thought the post looked really good and yeah. um, he did a really good job of it. So And I, he seemed like he had a really good time with it too, which I think is you know, really what it's all about. He did it for him, for, for some fun, and um, we got a really great result from it. That's right. Think outside the box, you know. For But, and I, I agree with you, Sarah. That's awesome that, you know, people are being creative and doing this cool stuff, and F-Stoppers put this up there. So definitely go to F-Stoppers and check it out. But I, you know, I saw this, and I saw the word taser and volts and all that. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, this, this could have gone horribly wrong. Somebody oh, totally. with some sort of, like, pacemaker or yeah. something like that. That's not the people that I think would have signed, hopefully. I'm sure right. they put something in there, like, if you have a heart condition, you are not allowed to do this project, you know. Right. Uh, you definitely can't just run out and decide to do this as well and be like, oh, somebody did a taser project. I should try it too, you know. This yeah. is this is like one of those that you say, don't try this at home, kids, you know. But you know what? Sil, Sil does this kind of stuff. I remember which, which oh. one of your books were – I remember the cover of one of your books. One of your sons or something was smashing a watermelon and you were – Pumpkin. Or something. Pumpkin. pumpkin. And you were demonstrating the power of strobe and freezing action and that kind of thing, right? So you do these crazy projects too, Sil. But all the pumpkins volunteered for the shoot, so I'm completely innocent. <laughs> some some pumpkins were harmed in the making right. of the future. They signed the paperwork. I have it here somewhere. Yeah. No, I, I totally can't take anything away from Hall for doing something that's interesting and sensational. And um, But, you know, I think we all have to take it in, into consideration because it, it kind of taken too far, then all of a sudden moves into kind of the jackass genre sure. to right. see, you know, like how stupid can we get and how much attention can we get for being stupid. Um, right. At least capturing it on I don't know. Have you guys seen the videos of the of the giant slip and slide in San Francisco or the, you know, I mean, people are taking things pretty far to attention these days and yeah. it definitely seems to be working yeah but I, I, there definitely could be some backlash of people who try to do it and don't do it the right way <laughs> well let's talk about that a little bit that's what that's one of the things i had in my little notes here to bring up with you guys and sarah you first so when people are searching for projects to do like these kinds of projects like personal projects how like how do you come up with the idea like if they want to do something like like this one with electricity or Sills with the pumpkins or Jill Greenberg's with the crying babies, how do you how do you get inspiration to do something like that? I think it just I, I mean honestly I think it just comes. A lot of times you see stuff like this and you're like, oh my gosh, and it spurs an idea that you have for something that you know more about. Like that's typically where I think some of it comes from. Why well, we've been doing some more aerial stuff lately and. Now I have a lot more um, creativity when it comes to thinking about shooting aerials, thinking about how to use aerial for video and photography. It just really, once you kind of get into that arena, it kind of opens up your eyes to different 
different possibilities, and maybe that spurs an idea. Are you talking so, to aerial aerial photography, like you're flying, or aerial photography as in you're using a drone type aerial? Well, we have a we have a like eight whatever you call this thing rotor. That would be, um, that would be octocopter. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> right. No, most people don't know what that's called. People want to call it a drone, so I always try to like you know yeah. make them happy. Um, <laughs> And it has a 5D Mark Mark III on it, and we've been kind of flying around. And it takes two people, so um, yeah. we have a pilot and then whoever the camera person is, uh, which has been me a lot lately, and just kind of uh, really trying some different things out, seeing what works when it comes to aerial video and um, still sometimes too. That's cool. But you're not charging for that, right? Because we know that is not prohibited or that's not permitted yet in the United States to charge people for photos from drones. I'm just saying. I don't want you I don't want you to incriminate yourself on a podcast, Eric. Um, we haven't charged anyone for anything yet, but um, luckily the pilot of my um, octocopter is also a helicopter pilot certified, so uh, I don't have to worry about us being Perfect. in areas that we're not allowed to fly or being too high or being too low or That's being certain. dangerous. So yep. that's the things you really have to be concerned about. Now, so what about you? When when people are searching for personal projects, and I know you should have a fair amount to say about this because you have a lot of personal projects listed in in your books that people can do. What what do you say when you're like, okay, I need to get inspired. I got this awesome camera sitting in the bag in my room, and I haven't used it yet. How do they get a kick in the butt to get out there and do something? So um, I've got a little plaque, and it says two words. It says just start on it, and um, it was given to me, I don't know, I think it was two or three years ago, I, I opened the New Year's on Pixelate, and I said my motto for the year is just to start, right. because we have so many, you know, ideas rolling around our heads, and oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do that. I honestly think that the average Joe shooter has lots of ideas, and what they lack is just the commitment to make mistakes. Right. Just, it's like it's like they, we just all get par- paralyzed by saying, oh, you know, I, I, I got to be better, or if I do this now, it's not going to work, or it's like, just start, just, yeah. you know, fly that octocopter with a licensed helicopter pilot, or, <laughs> you know, get your son and say, hey, you want to go beat the crap out of some pumpkins with a bat in a little bit? I've got a camera idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's about the idea. I think it's honestly, and I say this sincerely, in, in, uh-oh. Oh man, I was, was really excited. I was really excited. Just, wait, there he is. Are you back? We lost you. Am I here? Did I lose? When did you guys lose me? You said something that, about like... sincerely, and then you oh. went away. <laughs> if only I could do this in class. I get the kids going. We were on the edge of our seats, and you just <laughs> yeah. stopped. No, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's the dog again, the cable box chewing on the cord. Yeah. Um, so no, I say this sincerely. It's really a matter of just starting. You know, it's. Yeah. Just put aside your your fear, put aside your naivete, put aside the the thought that you're going to make a mistake or you're going to look stupid because good ideas are going to work. Yeah, I agree. And the other piece that I would add on to that is, yes, absolutely, just start. But the half of it is finish, too. <laughs> so right. don't oh, always know. just start a bunch of stuff. And then because that for me, that makes me depressed because there's so much stuff that you could do. And you start all these plates spinning. And if you never finish, then you're like, oh, wow, I, don't, I haven't done anything. And I've got all this stuff that I need to get done. And 
you know. But you get this little shot yeah. of endorphins when you finish something. It's like, oh, okay, I want more of that. So, no, that's a that's a great corollary. I'll have to get that plaque made now too. Yes. Just, just finish. <laughs> yeah, bookends. Get bookends made. Just start and just finish. Or salt and pepper shake. There you go. There's a good right. idea. You should make it. Uh -huh. You know, they'll go in the Twip store, salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> All right, guys. So this other story that I want to talk about is from Instagram. So Instagram, let me pull this, uh, this story up here. So they released another standalone application. It's called Hyperlapse. And this new app allows you to shoot video and then select a playback speed to create a moving time-lapse video all from your phone. So in their words, quote, the app's most powerful feature, image stabilization, is not immediately obvious. The time-lapse videos have traditionally required the camera to remain in a fixed position, which is a lot easier said than done on mobile. But videos shot with hyperlapse are smoothed out and stabilized, so seamlessly you could easily be fooled into thinking that you just happen to record with an extremely steady hand, all from the makers of Instagram, i.e. Facebook on and on and on. So Sarah, did you did you get a chance to look at the video or any some of the videos from this? Yeah. Right, cool, right? So cool. I downloaded it and tried it um of course with my with my dogs. Yes. Of course. <laughs> um, of course, cuz they're, you know, the most moving objects I have around the house for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh it was really neat. I think that this is a really cool app and I think this is one of the coolest things about Twip is that you guys always find cool new things for photographers that I didn't even I didn't even know this was out there. Yeah. Um and I I'm really excited. Some of the New York one did you see the New York video? Or it looked yeah. like New York. Yeah. And they were like on a subway or something. Yeah. And oh, so cool. So I think that this has a lot of potential, and, and I'm really excited to see what people use it for. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, like, things, again, back to that pumpkin smashing. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> With this, yeah. right? So, I mean, and, and this is a good question for Syl. So, Syl, you are, you are the speed lighter, right? So, hence, you freeze things in time. When you see something like this that is talking about, motion over a span of time do you get depressed I mean what no, no I love motion um, you know I love I you know I think this is fascinating and the whole um, Instagram for me I, I Instagram's become my therapist creatively yeah you know, I, I blogged about this early in the summer I, I jumped on Instagram one of my kids came to me and said dad do you know you have like 600 followers on Instagram and you've never put up a photo and I yeah. said I have an Instagram account oh let me <laughs> Like, let me go check that out. And um, so I started playing with it. And unbeknownst to me, I jumped in right after they launched the new UI, which mm -hmm. to me is like, why can't I just have this as a camera capture post-processing UI? Because it's brilliant in my opinion. I've tried all kinds of camera apps, and I totally love the Instagram UI because it allows me to just finish. In like 10 seconds from capture to uploading an image, I love mm -hmm. that whole... You know, it's like I see something, I just want to respond, I get it out there. So I'm totally jazzed about this new hyperlapse because as a guy who like has an attention span of about six seconds, now I can shoot, you know, some reality and like put it down into six seconds and try to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, but I love this idea. Is like art too, man. Come on. <laughs> so you know, it's. I mean, I, I in reading the specs, I haven't um I haven't tried it myself, but basically it gets down. You've got the ability on Instagram to post 15 seconds of video. Oh, there he is again. <laughs> 15 seconds of video and still froze. So right? you, there he is. There Are I you go. back, Sil? 
I'm back. I have no idea what's going on. So sorry. I guess That's I'm going okay. to fire my you know, Ethernet company or Internet That's company. That's okay. You said 15 seconds of video. Yeah, so you can shoot, you oh, shoot 15 okay. seconds of video, um, or you can upload it, rather. So you can figure out how much you can shoot and how much you want to compress it in the app, 3x, 12x, 6x, so that it crunches down to that 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, again, as a photo teacher, I look at this and I go, this is totally going to drop in yeah. to my Digifil class. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, these these tools keep coming, right? I mean, like yeah. we were talking about at the top of the show, Sony is coming out with all these awesome hardware tools mm -hmm. that people can get into and experiment with. And then on the software side, this I would this is software slash cloud, right? That people right. slash yeah. social media that people can get in and get into and share your work as far and as wide as you want to. It's just crazy. It just it yeah. just keeps getting better. What's going well, on with does, photography? And, and I think that I think the common denominator, Frederick, among these two stories again is that um, these ideas are coming from companies that aren't traditionally camera companies. Yeah. You know, they're redefining the idea or forcing us to redefine, to reconsider what does it really mean to be a photographer? What does it really mean to be a videographer? Um, yep. Both on the capture, the processing, and the delivery channels. Yep. All right. Well, sure. speaking of delivery channels, story number four is about iStock Photo reinventing themselves again. So, and I'm interested to hear both of you, both of your opinions on the stock photography or micro stock, as they call it, industry in general. So. Basically, on September 13th, um, iStock is going to introduce some changes to their service, which includes simplified pricing. And basically what that means is all file sizes are now the same price. Images are going to be organized into two collections, basically essentials and signature, essentials, images, and vectors. They're going to go to a credit system of one credit for that and three credits for signature images and vectors. And existing credits will be converted using a five to one ratio, which is kind of cool. I wish my dollars would convert that way. And credit packs and subscriptions are going to be available. So they're going in the direction of like a Shutterstock where they, you know, you go in there, you buy a subscription, you can download whatever size image you want. And I would assume that this is probably in response to competitive forces that are other services that are saying, hey, just give us some money and here's the image, get whatever you need instead of nickel and diming me for the high res versus the low res version. Sarah, when you, when you see an article like this about the, the stock photography industry do you go in the direction of it's going away and this is this is the it's in the death throes or the other side of it is this industry is morphing into something awesome and this is the direction it should be going where do you what do you think um i you know it's so hard because i don't because i don't do stock myself and i right. feel like sometimes the stock photographers out there are going to be like you you don't know what you don't know what we're dealing with you know what, what I you mean? talk about like, what you talk uh, about Willis? <laughs> so i'll just preface all of this with saying i don't i don't actually sell stock photography so yeah. um i think i think in some cases the simplification in in any sense a lot of times just really really helps it helps um consumers it helps the people that are selling um in a lot of ways because it just it allows for people to actually utilize stuff a lot easier, which is what Apple figured out in the beginning, right, with kind of everything that they've done. So I think in that case, it's really good. I don't know what it essentially means for, for the photographers and if that's, you know, somehow going to drop their price point or make it so that they can't, you know, make as much money. Right. Um, that I don't know. Yeah, but the economics of it, yeah. 
yeah, I, I wonder really how that works for stock photographers. And I also am, I've been intrigued by stock and wondering like, how do people really make a living off of stock photography? And yeah. that is so, it seems like so much, so much consistent work and creativity to figure out what needs to be out there. And because, I mean, you really, uh, I really feel like with stock photography, you have to have some sort of a theme or an idea or something you want to fill or, you right. know, you can't just go out and shoot leaves all day and be like, I'm a stock photographer. Yeah, so. that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. You know, I've had several stock photographers, some professional that make most of their income um, from stock photography on This Week in Photo before. And it seems like the general theme is it's just like anything else. You have to put the the requisite effort into doing it to get yeah. the, to get a payout from it, you know, and, and seems like some of the more successful micro stock photographers treat it as a job, right? They're, yeah. they're looking at the calendar, they're saying, okay, oh, Veterans Day is coming up or Thanksgiving and Halloween, so I'm going to do shots that are topical and related to that and get those in the store and they just do that all year long until they've built up a significant catalog of images that are kind of generating revenue on their own, building up that that nest egg of money that comes in every month. So you can't just go out there and say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to shoot some leaves and, and upload them to iStock and then get upset when you don't make a whole lot of money. You have to approach <laughs> it like you're serious about it and it's a gig rather than just a hobby. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I just think I'm so fascinated with stock photographers and how they, how they do that. I mean, they have huge productions that they put together of people. Yeah. And um, I know when I was on TWIP, I think it was last time there we were talking about a photographer that set up like a whole movie theater and mm -hmm. were throwing popcorn and there was just like this huge thing. I'm like, that's crazy. Like he had that full idea and came up with it. And and I don't know if he's going to be excited or upset that I, you know, that iStox wants wants to basically like sell his image the same as somebody else's. I don't know right. if that's simplification, what that means for them, but that would be my only like, oh, I wonder. Other than that, I think simplification is a really great thing, and, and I think it'll probably help iStock a lot and all the photographers who are on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to get uh, an iStock photographer on, maybe Rich Leg or somebody, and um, maybe someone from iStock to come on and kind of demystify the whole revenue picture for us. So. Yeah, that We're would be really cool. Man. We can do that kind of stuff. You we guys are... the gap between yes. the user and the company. So, <laughs> so are you are you when you when you see something like this, what do you what do you think? Same question I asked Sarah. Are you on the left side of it's going down the drain, or the right side of this is an evolution and yeah. now it has wings? So I, I thought that I would be a stock photographer like eight years ago when I was transitioning from one genre to another. Yeah. Um, and I worked at it, and you're absolutely right. It's You've got to take it as a full-time job. If this is what you're going to earn your living from, then you've got to put in the you know 10,000 hours to get that portfolio going. Yep. The thing that ultimately I didn't like about it, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't make any money of any significance, maybe like 12 cents. Um, <laughs> but... Um, the thing I didn't like about it is like there was no contact with the people who are using my images, right? right you right. know, it's it's this whole I was doing stuff, putting it up on Alamy and and you know other sites. I couldn't get into Getty, but um, I was putting it out there, and and then like I don't, you know, it just it just was artificial to me. Before I'd been shooting on contract for you know editorial clients and and corporate clients, and when that business was dwindling. I was thinking, oh, yeah, great, I'll just go out and shoot stock because then I can just generate it and get it out there and people will license it. 
Well, I wasn't the only one that had that idea that year, right? Right. Um, thousands and thousands of people flocked to that model. This was, like I say, this was seven or eight years ago. Um, now you look at it, and yeah, I think this is just a testament to what's happening um, to that industry. The world is awash in images, yeah. and the fact that you know, like my son was having a conversation. He's doing a college internship, and he's um, came to me and saying, you know, I need some images that we can use in our website, you know, give me a quick crash course. And so we talked about licensing models and royalty-free models and on and on and on. And like after three seconds, you know, his eyes kind of glazed over with all these details. So I think it's really, you know, when they look at how they simplify their licensing model and it's one price fits all, I think they realize that the bulk of the market, if you're going to, if you're going to try to appeal to people who would find it very easy to, to cheat, mm -hmm. um, you know, to use images illicitly to get some money because most of us I think do want to be honest um, but a lot of people who step into use stock they just don't understand the whole intellectual property licensing model and they get freaked out well why should I pay more for that image or this image or right. you know why do I have to keep paying to use this image and so it's an interesting model um, you know I don't think it's going to put any more pennies in the pockets of the photographers whose images are being licensed my guess is Every iteration of these kind of, you know, when Getty re-evolved and re-evolved and re-evolved, everything I heard from Getty shooters is it really amounts to less money in their pockets. But, right. um, and some of them pulled their portfolios and some of them, um, you know, stayed with Getty through the years. It'll be interesting to see how this stuff pans out. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a... Uh... You know, from the from the standpoint of yes, you have to put the effort in to get the the reward out of it, and who knows what these revenue models look like, right? So we need to we need to figure that out. But like Lestera, like you were saying, part of one of from an outsider's perspective, one of the cool things I think about stock in general, and if you again approach it as a profession rather than just a hobby, is that you can create your own assignments and get paid for them. You know, so that yeah. That's kind of a cool thing where you say, you know what, I just saw this movie, I want to do kind of a Spider-Man type shoot where dude is hanging on the side of a building because that's kind of in the zeitgeist right now. So you can go out and, and create that, conceptualize it, hire the models, build the set, make the props and all that and build the shoot, shoot it, put it in iStock and start hopefully, or a stock photography company like iStock and start generating money right away presumably. But like yeah, Sil says, no one like Sil says, it. you never know who's going to use that, right? So yeah, <laughs> you can do all this effort, and it shows up in some place where you probably don't want your image to show up. So thousands of dollars and tons of time and all of this, and then it turns out no one really wanted that Spider-Man shoot that you did. That's and right. then what? You're like starting over again. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. seems very interesting. I. I don't envy the, I don't envy them, but everybody everybody has the different thing that makes them tick, and that's why photography is so amazing because there's so many different kinds of photography that you can do for so many different kinds of personalities and people yeah, out there. For sure, yeah. Awesome. Always a good conversation with you guys. All right, before we continue, I want to remind uh, listeners and viewers that you can check out the latest episode of our one of our newest shows called All About the Gear. It's hosted by myself and Doug Kay. In this last episode, we reviewed the Sigma DP2 Quattro, and I think right now Doug Kay has in his hot little hands the new Lytro Illuma camera that allows you to shoot first and ask questions about focus later. So very cool stuff coming out. You can check that out at thisweekinphoto.com gear. Okay, it's time for some listener Q&A. This is where we answer 
a question from a listener. So this first one is from, or actually the only one we have this week, is the question is, looking for an affordable solution for a RAID backup. Currently working on a Windows laptop that is quickly filling up. Want to want to move to SSD in the laptop and use the smart previews in Lightroom 5. So while making the move, I thought I should start to get a RAID backup going at the same time. Keep in mind, budget is tight as usual. Thanks. Any suggestions would be appreciated. So... RAID solutions. What are you using as a RAID solution or a backup solution for your photos right now? Silarina? Ah, uh, sorry. Oh, okay. I thought I, you froze I, again. No, I'm just practicing because it's a good You technique. aren't moving. It's a good technique to use. I'm going to use that from now on, right? I know. Just freeze and look at the camera. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to do that at the bank teller next week and see what happens. <laughs> yes. Don't do that, so don't Maybe do she'll count an extra 100. So, look. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of really interesting points about this question. One is when you talk about an affordable solution for RAID, mm -hmm. I think you have to really, and I say this again, let's see if I go off the air, sincerely, um, I think the affordability measure is like how much are your photos worth to you? Right. You know? I mean, ultimately, like if you lost everything right now, um, you know, how much would it cost to replace all of that time and energy and you know, on and on and on. So that's part of the affordability thing. Now, um, I've got I've got two solutions to propose that I, I use both. Um, so I love Western Digital Passports. Mm -hmm. That's what I use when I'm on the road. I, I have actually, one of those, yeah. I, I have like six of them. Um, wow. Because when I'm on the road, what I do, like I was just at my main media workshop last a uh, week before last. So the shots that I did there come into Lightroom and they go on to one external drive and then that night that external drive gets backed up, so now I've got two of them. Yep. And when I go home, one of those travels with me, carry on, and the other gets checked, right? Because yep. I'm trying to have that immediate redundancy. So Western Digital now has, um, and I've not used it, but I'm, I'm going to totally get one soon. They have the Passport Pro RAID, which is actually um, two of those passports basically glued together electronically. Yep. Um, the other thing, the RAIDs that I do have here in the studio are the Western Digital uh, Digital Duos, um, which you know I've, I've I know you're a fan of Drobo, and um, mm -hmm. I've just never never got onto that platform. I've been a WD guy for a long time, but what I love about the Duos is like once you get one pre-populated with the drives, when you fill those up, then you don't have to buy a new case. All the hardware is there. You can just get new drives and drop them in. Yeah. It's not like the Duo or not like the Drobo that keeps adding um, drives into the true RAID, but it's a way. I think pretty cost effectively. You just buy two bare drives, drop them in, and copy everything over, and you're, you've got a bigger RAID now. Yeah, I love that. I did an interview with Michael Greco um, last week. He's a he's a LA-based celebrity commercial photographer, and um, basically the gist of the interview was about his workflow solution for in a in a you know he's one of those high fluting photographers that has an office full of minions that are doing all this stuff mm -hmm. for him and all that. Um, and they all have workstations, and what he standardized on there are those little caddies that you put a bare drive into, an ESATA drive into with no case, and you stick it in there, and that's what they use. That's how they transfer right. files back and forth, and he's got this elaborate system where it's all backed up to, uh, to a big RAID system, you know, at night, every night, but then working drives are, are those little cartridge three-and-a-half-inch drives that you stick mm -hmm. in. So yeah, it's 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 really interesting where this stuff is. But Sarah, when you when you hear conversations like this, I'm really interested from your standpoint as someone who cannot lose data because losing like losing data for for 
folks like me where, you know, say I'm not doing a real job or something, I'm just out doing some tutorial or something, I can recreate that. And yeah. it would be a pain in the butt, but I could go recreate it. You cannot say, hey, you know what, John and Jane Doe, congratulations on the nuptials, but can you guys meet me at the church tomorrow? Because, you know, <laughs> I lost all my data. You can't do that. So how do you, how do you safeguard it? Um, so we do a few things, but uh, first of all, all the images are on the cards until it's backed up into multiple, multiple locations. So mm -hmm. um, that is kind of our, our first thing. We yep. have like a, this has been downloaded, this needs to be backed up, this needs to be, um, is ready to shoot spots in yep. our in our studio. And then everything gets downloaded. Um, we use uh, the G-Technology um, Thunderbolt drive that oh. we use for our images when we're going to be working on them quickly. So those are our current images that we're working on. And the Thunderbolt speed has been fantastic plus it's a networkable drive so um, we can well we can get to it from our network as well so we can access it from different computers so yeah. um, that is kind of our first stop and then the images get backed up to um, some more external drives that we have here as well mm -hmm. and we have you know I've tried so many different types of drives and um, systems and all of that over the years and really I mean all of them have the same issues it's mm. not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah and so you have to have duplication you have to have ways of um, of, of making sure that you have redundancy in your system we also set up a cloud backup as well so we have cloud backup we, we upload to a site that allows for full res download for our clients and for us and that backs up for 10 years. Wow. So once we get the images pushed to that site, then we feel like, okay, I like we can we can rest a little bit easier. We've got we've got two backups. We've got the cloud backing up our systems here as well. And we have the them online and stored for um, the clients to download anytime in the next 10 years and for ourselves to be able to access as well just in case. Now are you using for that the, the cloud solution that you're using is it the pass system? Mm-hmm. Yeah so, so we, tell us about that a little bit. So we use we use pass and it's basically it's such a beautiful site Um, the clients love it it works on your iPhone your iPad um, computers and looks really just seamless and beautiful and simple. There's mm -hmm. the simple thing again yeah. um, for for everyone. And then it allows for certain things that we care about, but things that we don't as well. So, for instance, they uh, now are allowing, I think, more um, types of prints and stuff to be ordered from it. But the main focus of the site is to view and download the images and also to be able to order like the loose prints that yeah. we don't necessarily care about ordering anyways. Right. Um, so our clients are able to kind of go in and um, place those orders and stuff on their own and order, and order prints to the site. So that the storing piece of it, the backing up piece of it, the downloading side of it, the social media sharing, it allows them to post to Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest. Wow. It really has a full function of site, but it's really the focus of PASS has always been on sharing and on allowing clients to share and enjoy their images in the way that they want to. And because of that, we book more weddings. 
because our clients see that we are wanting them to enjoy the images that we shot and we focus our we focus really our um, charging on the shoot and on doing their albums and really pass helps them with the majority of what they want beyond that and we also do custom wall design um, consultations and stuff with our clients as well so those are our focuses it allows us to really offer that stuff to the clients it's a really cool software really cool site yeah, and that's what's the URL? It's pass.us, right? I'm pretty sure. Well, yep, that's it. For you. Yep, nope. pass.us. <laughs> You're on it. Pass us. <laughs> pass us. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't pass us. Wait. It is. It is very beautiful. It's a really well put together site. I love it. And I remember yeah. a while ago we did, and I think I did an interview with David J. He's the the founder. Yeah, CEO I remember of that. Yeah, we were talking about that, and it was a whole controversy around the commoditization of loose prints and how some photographers were up in arms about that, and him kind of pushing the democratization of ordering yeah. loose prints, and photographers couldn't say, "Hey, this four by six is now." It's thirty bucks. Twenty dollars. Yeah. It. yeah, it's now you know it's not really thirty bucks. You know, you just yeah. pay whatever well, it costs. And I think a really cool thing about that conversation is that um, it pushed us to make some changes on our side. But just so you guys know, Pass actually just recently launched the capabilities to set your own prices. So oh, which is cool. He eventually um, decided that would you know be fine, but. On the, on the other side of things, we actually embraced it and really allowed our clients to get the inexpensive prints through pass, but really focused our charging on retouching. And so that is really what the prints, you know, what we want the print them to understand is that we charge more because we put so much work and effort into the image, not because the physical piece of paper costs Love that it. much. Yeah, that, that so, makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. paper is paper. It's the art that goes onto that substrate that is the important stuff, not the physical piece of paper itself. So. Right. All right. Well, cool. Well, that, I hope that answered that listener's question. We're, we kind of went down a rat hole, um, but we got some good, interesting solutions for RAID backup. So definitely, I hope that helped. All right, guys, before we jump into our picks of the week, I want to thank another sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, speaking of microstock, and that's our friends over at Shutterstock.com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Shutterstock.com, where you'll find the perfect image or video for your next creative project, whether it's for your website, a publication, an advertisement, a video, or any other type of project. You can choose from over 40 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clips. Plus, Shutterstock ensures you get quality and selection. Many contributors to Shutterstock are professional photographers and artists, and Shutterstock's professional curators review each image individually for content and quality before adding it to its library. And Shutterstock has over 275 images added each and every week, so the next time you visit, you'll find something new. Plus, Shutterstock has flexible pricing. You can choose individual image packs or a monthly subscription for the best deal. For example, you can download 25 images per day with a standard subscription, and you can download any image in any size and pay only one price. And lastly, Shutterstock makes it easy to find and share your image. They've got a new palette tool that allows you to create a gallery of images in several shades of a single color or with different tones that coordinate. And you can use pre-made selections or create your own. Plus, there's the new People tool. It's a new way to browse and group images of people by number, ethnicity, age, and gender. 
You can explore multiple options of a, for a shoot for a consistent look and feel of your images. New accounts receive 20% off any image subscription. Just go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP914. Remember, head over to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP914. Okay, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, this pick can be anything you guys want to convey over to the TWIP listening audience, as long as it is somehow related to photography. Sarah France, ladies first, what's your Pick of the Week? Um, well, my Pick of the Week is going to be something that we just talked about to make it nice and easy. I'm going to make my Pick of the Week um, pass, since cool. we've been using that time, and it's been awesome. Yep. Um, so pass.us, I'll put the link in there, and I just talked all about it, so I'll save a lot of time on the uh, podcast <laughs> for you guys, too. Perfect. <laughs> if you missed it, just rewind about two minutes. You'll yeah, that stuff that I just said back then, put it forward right here, pass.us. Cool. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta give them another look. I looked at them way back when, when we had that first conversation. I think you recommended them. That's why I looked at them. And then, based on your recommendation, I interviewed David J, the founder, and then it's full circle, and they keep iterating. So, David yeah. J is the quintessential photopreneur, I think. Well, and now, so back in the day, just recently, they made some big, big announcements, and one of them was that images were now going to be stored for 10 years and available for 10 years for the same price as they wow. were doing before, That's which cool. was... Previously, it was a year, and just so you guys know, on Pass, you can actually post the images for 30 days and have have the functionality for free. So the first 30 days is free. If you want to go beyond that to the 10 years, I think it's $29. Very cool. All right. Well, hey, at least Twip listeners, Pass.us deserves a look, especially since Sarah France uses it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sarah. Silarina, what about uh, you? What's your pick? Well, can I slide in one and a half, maybe one and three quarters? Dude, you're Silarina. You <laughs> yeah, do whatever yeah. you want. This uh, is your world. Just um, so just um, when Sarah said that past just went to 10 years, it reminded me, I just got an email from my good friends over at Dropbox who said, uh, we're going to create, uh, you know, we're going to increase your pro account by tenfold. Yes, I, I got that know, too. Yeah. Right. So I Me like too. I was like this is this just cannot be real. And I checked, you know, it used to say you're using 103% of 250 gigabytes, Mr. Yep. Arena, and you need to pay us more money. And then I checked the other day and I was like, oh my God, now I've got two and a half terabytes on Dropbox. Right. Which for me, um, I think we talked about this really briefly. So I've got, you know, all my Digifo kids at Mission Prep here in Slow, and um, all their Lightroom catalogs are hosted on Dropbox wow. so that I can, in a shared folder so that I can pull them up here at home. And what killed me last year was I had them all do smart previews, and you get, you know, 45 kids all creating a whole bunch of images, each one that has a lot of smart previews. So thank you, Dropbox. But that really wasn't my pick of the week. Um, <laughs> my pick of the week is... Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing and hearing so much about uh, the UAV helicopters that are flying cameras around, and I just happened to get an email today from the guys that I have my photo insurance with, Hill and Usher, and they've got a new policy that is expressly for UAV photographers. And so, um, I don't shoot any UAV stuff, but I think it's really, really cool. Um, so it's called Aerial Pack, and it's aerialpack.com. So if you're flying your expensive camera in a situation that's creating huge amounts of liability, chances are um, your policy does not provide one cent of coverage right. unless you have a rioter that specifically is designed 
for this new type of photography. So check it out if you're an aerial shooter, aerialpack.com. Okay, Hill and Usher, way to go for staying ahead of the curve there. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. was it a year ago, there was a video, did you guys see that YouTube video where that, that guy, a wedding photographer, flew his drone into the bride and groom? <laughs> yes. That, was, that had to be like the worst thing for the industry. Yeah. I, it, it just started. It was like the first thing that had come out that was crazy. It was like really, like really? Into the bride and groom. Yeah, that's like Henry Ford inventing the car, and then you know the first week it's out, someone runs somebody over. Like, really? like running into Will, William Hurst right on the yeah, doorstep exactly. of his newspaper. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at that page now, and it's the first bullet they have on there is comprehensive general liability for bodily injury and yeah. property damage yeah. caused to third parties by use of these aerial vehicles. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so, I, yeah. I, so, yeah, I go get the insurance and fly free, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those the little ones come out of the sky, it's not that big a deal. Octocopters, the whole yeah, story. Yeah, the ones, yeah, they're flying guillotines. Not yeah. a good look. Yeah, not especially good. in a white wedding dress there. Not good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Keep it away awesome. from the bride. Keep it away yeah. from the bride. Yes. Cool. So that's a perfect pick. Both of these are good. Pass.us and Aerial Pack Insurance from, uh, was it? You can just go to aerialpack.com, right? Or that's P- it. Aerialpack.com. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, and my pick, you guys went with services and online stuff. I went with a piece of hardware that I had my hands on. I had to kind of sound like let me borrow it. I had to send it back. Um, but it was a 45-millimeter f2.8 macro lens for micro four-thirds, 900 bucks roughly, or 800 and change on Amazon. And I got to say, this is one of the sharpest lenses I've ever used in life in my short little time on the planet. Really sharp, little compact lens. It's about the size of like a 50, like Sarah, like a 50 1.4 um, mm-hmm. is about that size. But... You know, it's a 2.8 macro, and you could get, like, I mean, what, a couple millimeters away from the subject in macro mode? And and yeah. I think I filled up, It's this lens is so cool, I filled up the entire field of view with the command key on my Mac keyboard. So I was able to get that close and fill wow. up that much. I mean, so that's that's huge, you know. So uh, I think it's on my Christmas list. I think I'm going to have to get that 45-millimeter F2.8. I just have to scrape up that 900 bucks to get it. But it's a really, really nice piece of kit, especially if you're shooting micro four-thirds and you need to round out your kit with macro, which kind of changes the landscape a little bit. Plus, it's an awesome portrait lens because it's 2.8. You get that bokeh that people are so... Bokeh, bokeh, whatever, that uh, that people are so adamant about having in their photos. So definitely check that out. All right, folks, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our two sponsors for this episode. That's Squarespace.com and Shutterstock.com for helping us get this show out. Um, Without them, the show would not be possible. Sarah France, what's coming up with you in the future? What's on on your radar? What are you up to? Um, well, we're heading over, heading out to New York again for another wedding, so I'm super excited for a TWIP listener, actually. I think I, I mentioned it last time, but um, I'm really excited to go out there and, uh, and enjoy the city. It's going to be in November, so it'll be a little bit chilly, but we've been kind of doing all that, and we are just shooting like crazy. So this last weekend, we had 
um, all three, myself and my two photographers who work for me as well, all had weddings on the same day, which was really fun. It was so great to have all of us shooting and the whole team, plus the addition of uh, some of the aerial stuff. So if you guys want to check out some of the aerials we have there, you can go to the web to the Facebook page if you want. It's called Sky Rat Media if you want to check out that. It's just getting started. And then um, you can always go check out my website, uh, France Photographers includes all three of us lovely ladies and sarahfrance.com of course is where you would find me but that's pretty much the latest and greatest and what we got going on it's hot and heavy here in uh, our wedding season yeah yeah this is I'm surprised you had time to do this show so if you are... well, it's, it, well I don't know what, what day of the week we think it is but it's a weekday, it is a weekday. <laughs> yes. people get married on weekdays come on that's yeah. true that's true you're like not my brides. They don't know Saturdays and Sundays, maybe Saturdays. a Friday. Cool. Well, awesome. Congratulations. And you know, I'm so proud of Sarah. You know, I've known you for a long time, and I've seen your business go from, you know, successful to just astronomically successful. So congratulations oh, on that. Keep pushing thank it forward. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for coming on Twip again. So always, I love always my Twip. Bad. I love I love being on TWIP just because all the interesting conversation, but also I just love the TWIP listeners as a whole. They're, it's such a cool, techie group of people that um, I'm just always interested to meet them and um, and talk with them. So I really, it says a lot for the show, the kind of audience that, that TWIP has. Yeah, them's my peeps, you know, yeah. be good to them, be good to Thank them. Thank you. Yes, them's our peeps, yes. Yeah. All right, Silarina, what about you? What's uh what's what's up in the Silverse workshops? Yes. Main, what's going on? So, work, summer workshop season is over. Um, you know, had uh, great weeks in Montana and and uh Fay and at Maine Media, that was just a joy. Um, big thing for me is I'm kind of round in the final, I don't know, two curves, maybe not the final curve just yet on the second edition of Speedlers Handbook. Um, yes. And man, I got to tell you, it, it, you know, when I originally thought this through, I was like, yeah, I'll do this, you know, add in the new chapter or two on the radio speed lighting gear. And, you know, Ted was like, my editor at Peach Fit was like, yeah, just polish up the old stuff. <laughs> so I started off, you know, like, yeah, sure, he won't right. figure that out. Um, so the reality is I'm reading what I wrote five years ago, and my workflows have changed so much right. that this is, while it is a second edition, you could almost, you know, give it a new name because it is. There's so much new material in this book. Yeah. Um, and I am. I gotta say, I'm really excited because I look at what I did five years ago and like all these workarounds I would come up with in ETTL, uh, ITTL if you're an Iconian, and now you know I shoot it straight up in manual flash like 90% of the time. Yeah. And my life is so much better. Um, <laughs> it's called not, evolution, sir. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's evolution, you know, revolution, whatever it is. And so anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about this book. At first I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once I got into it and began to articulate how I've been shooting for the last several years, and I see like – and take this content to workshops, right? And you like yeah. beta test it on these guinea pigs who can't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> and they get it. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so much easier to do now. So uh, I'm going to be finishing the book hopefully in the next two months. And, uh, you know, Peach Pit is magical. We'll see this book. If I get it done by the 1st of November, we'll see this book in bookstores by the end of the year. Very so nice. I'm excited about that. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Books out. And then it'll be time to start on the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> See, when you put out, I remember when you put out Speedlighter's Handbook, you put so much effort. You put literally blood, sweat, tears. Yeah. You know, your hairline went back. A yeah, it used to be two. here. <laughs> You know, it used to be down here. Now it's way yeah, back there. Right. You know, and you even got sick or something from working on that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blew out. out of I, commission. Blew, I got all dehydrated and blew out. You know, one of the discs in my back, which I didn't realize that whole like spinal thing is lubricated with water. Go figure. Yeah. If you get yeah. really dehydrated and, and turns stressed. out your whole body runs on water. By the way, <laughs> pretty so, much. So you know. I'm working it through. Kip bones connected to the thigh bone thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It, and this and this round is is um, more sustainable, but it's still hard work. Here he goes. Oh, it must be so great to write a book. It's like you have no idea. <laughs> yes. That's all I'll say. It's like you have no idea. You're like flogging. <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah. It's the hardest work I've ever done. But um, it's, for me, I'm so fortunate. It's got such long coattails. Uh, you know, I, I get emails every not every day right now, but every week for sure from people who've connected with me through the book or, you know, because of the book saw me, um, you know, on the web somewhere. So, yeah. And that's, yeah. I think that, that stuff, that's a good way to end the show because that has been kind of the theme of this, this show, right? I mean, anything worth doing takes a, a heck of a lot of effort, right? And that's what separates the Sarah Francis and the Silarinas from the rest of the pack. And the rest of the pack generally looks at you guys and say, wow, you guys are so lucky and so talented. And while that may be the fact, the other variable in there is just incessant yeah. hard work, right? Yeah. And yeah. showing up and doing the work, getting it done, and messing up, and then get dusting yourself off, and you keep going, you keep going, you don't give up. So yeah, that's, that, that's, like the, that's the working hard is the other ninety percent of the formula for success, right? Yeah, you know, right. it's just it's just hard work, and you absolutely have to do that. Just get up and go back at it. Yeah. You guys inspire me. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, and folks, if you want to follow me, you can check me out at thisweekinphoto.com or my website at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.